fools me that when we come to the house of God, we act very diplomatic. We act like, uh, like we got this whole life together. But there is a God that is above. That is watching you and I. So you, you thought that you slept and you woke up by yourself. But there is a God above. That when you went to sleep, he picked himself up and he picked you up from your bed. Because may I remind you that you are not the only one that went to bed last night. May I remind you that you are not the only one that started 2021. Some people have died and gone. So when I say declare his praise, you look within yourself. And you let everything that is within you, you lift up yourself. And say, Father, I thank you for the gift of life. Father, I thank you that I am well. I thank you that my job is secured. I thank you that my family is well. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that my church is here. I thank you that I have brethren that I can fellowship with. Hallelujah. When you are praising God, you have to let everything that is within you. So you can praise God anyhow. Because the Bible said that if these people, when, when, the, when the disciples were praising God, and the Philistines came and said, the Pharisees came and said, no, can you tell them to shut up? And Bible said, Jesus said to them, he replied, he said, if they keep silent, the stone, the stone. Watch the text. He didn't say, I will cross the stone. He said, the stone themselves will give me praise. Are you here this morning? So even if the stone recognizes the goodness of God, that God does not have to force the stone to praise him. Then I don't need to force you to praise God. I don't need to force you. I don't need to coerce you to praise God. Because God has been good to you. Hallelujah. Amen. You may humbly take your seat. This morning I am taxed to talk to you about the two praises. Tell somebody the two praises. And if you have your Bible, you, I want you to go with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 13. 1 Samuel chapter number 13. And I'm going to read from verses 10 to 14. Bible says that now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him and from and he might greet him. Samuel said what have you done? Saul said when I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together in mishmash. Then I said, the Philistines will not come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplications to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled, tell somebody, I felt compelled, and offered a burnt offering. And someone said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord, your God which he commanded you. For now, the Lord would have, would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now, your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to, the, to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord had commanded you. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that 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 because you have not kept what the Lord has commanded you, I have sought for myself 
a man after my own heart. Somebody that has set himself apart. Somebody that has consecrated himself. Somebody that has forsaken all and has set his mind and his heart on me. I have sought after that man to take over from you. And this man will be the one that will command my people. So we've heard Pastor Fulari talked about uh, uh, redeemed to praise. And Pastor talked about created to praise. And we've heard so many definitions about praise. But today I want to speak briefly on what praise is before I get into the two praises. And, and, and I'm hoping that by the time that we leave here this morning, that we will know which praise that we ought to be. Praise means to give thanks, to confess, and to honor. So when you read Psalm 150 verse 6, the Bible says that, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This means that as long as you are living, as long as you are breathing, as long as you are alive, it is a requirement. No, listen. It is a requirement as a child of God, not an option. It is a requirement for you and I that as long as we are alive, that we need to praise God. So you can't praise God when you are dead. You can praise God when you, are, when you are no more. But as long as you are alive, it is a requirement. It behooves you. God mandates. In fact, it is a command. Let me put it in simple English. It is a command. You have no choice but to praise him. Every day of your life. Praise is so important to God that he told his, when, when the Pharisees told his disciples, and I said the scripture, when the Pharisees told his disciples to keep quiet, he said that if they keep quiet, then the stones will praise me. See, God God, 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 God loves praise. Let me put it that way. God loves praise. And he requires you and I to give him praise. Do I have some praises in the house this morning? Do I have some people that knows what it means to praise God this morning? Because listen, when you praise God, you are talking about the goodness of God. Has God been good to you? Has God been good? Has God been kind to you? Your praise is to honor and to confess. And to give thanks. So who is a praiser? If praise is to honor. If praise is to give thanks. If praise is to talk about the goodness of God. Then a praiser is one who is not motivated. By the desire to look more spiritual. To some of us the reason why we praise God is because we want to look spiritual. We want everybody else around us to feel. To look at it and say. Man this guy can praise. But a true praiser is not motivated by what people think about him. A true praiser is not motivated about that. that to, he's not, he's not, he doesn't do things to impress people. He's not praising God because he wants people to say, that, say things about him. But a praiser is one that gives thanks, confess, honors God with his life. Based on his experiences of God's goodness. And then he wants to learn his ways. If you're a praiser, your duty is not just to praise, but it's also to learn the ways of God. Are you walking in the ways of God? One way that you know that you are a praiser is when you walk in obedience. Can I say that again? The sign that tells you that you are a praiser is when you're walking in obedience. Are you walking in obedience? I want that to, I want you to think about it. Are you walking in obedience? I remember Elder Eric said this thing one time, and it's always been in my mind. He said that if you obey God 99 times, 99.9%, it's still total disobedience. 
if God says stand up and you stand, he said go and you take two steps. Instead of saying taking one step, you have disobeyed God. It doesn't matter what, what the, it doesn't matter that you heed to the first instruction. If you don't finish the instruction, it's disobedience. God doesn't count partial obedience. He counts total obedience. So a sign that you know that you're walking in obedience, a sign that you know that you're a true praiser, is when you obey the voice of God. Saul was given a command. Saul was told that he should wait. Someone came to him and said, wait for me seven days and I will show up and I will offer a sacrifice. I will offer a sacrifice. I, the prophet of God, the one that has been ordained by God, has told you that, wait, I am going to offer a sacrifice. But Paul, what did Paul do? Bible said he waited for seven days. He waited for seven days, but when Samuel had not showed up, he decided to do it himself. Many of us, we wait, but we don't finish the waiting. The last hour of the waiting is the most difficult, but yet the most powerful and important part. Because the crown is not in the finishing. It is not in the starting. The crown is connected to the finishing. If you're going to see the hand of God move in your life, you have to endure to the end, not to the middle. The last hour is always difficult, but it's yet the most powerful and important part. Samuel had waited for seven days. He just couldn't wait a little further because he allowed fear to encroach him. He was looking at the Philistines. They were coming close up. He was looking at them. He was in despair. But may I submit to you, if you're walking in obedience, that it doesn't matter how encroached your enemies are in your camp. As long as God is with you and you're walking in obedience, God will take off you. So, could not wait. I'm not going to give him credit for waiting seven days. He did not finish the waiting. So, he did not wait. He did not wait. And the funny part is, as soon as he finished the offering, as soon as he offered, Samuel showed up. Can I submit to you, the moment that you are tempted to walk away from God, that is the moment that God is about to show up. So stay. As soon as he finished the sacrifice, Samuel showed up. See, his disobedience led him not to wait on God. If you walk in disobedience, it will be difficult for you to wait on God. And your disobedience will affect your praise. If you want to declare the praise of God, then you must learn to obey. And in your obedience, you must learn to wait. The victory is connected to the finishing. This praiser could not wait. This praiser thought that he could do it by himself. This praiser allowed fear to touch him. He allowed the surroundings, the circumstances around him to affect his thinking. He allowed what he was singing to affect what he was doing. He allowed what, he was, what, what was happening around him to affect the word of God that he had received. That praiser shouldn't be you and I. We ought to be a praisers that wait. See, the, one of the, one of the reasons why it, it, we struggle to wait as children of God is that we are not willing to set aside our agenda. We all have agendas. Every one of us. My agenda is next year by now, I should buy a new house. Next year by now, I should do this. Next year by now, I should. So if it's not happening, then we have to take the step. But if you're going to fully wait on God as a child that has called to declare his praise, 
You must set aside your agenda and let the agenda of God rule your life. God's agenda is better than your agenda. God's timing is better than your timing. God, I remember last year, Pastor Todd said, God does not delay. God does not delay. See, what you consider delay is on time for God. What you consider that God has not showed up is God telling you that I am working things out for your good. Put aside your agenda. See, his disobedience led him to become prideful. If you're going to be a praiser, then you have to drop away your pride. You have to drop away yourself. You have to drop away your abilities. You have to drop away your knowledge. You have to drop everything that is about you. Saul allowed pride to take over him that he did something that he was not supposed to do. Now he began to act as a priest. Many of us, that's what we are doing. We are acting as somebody else other than what God has called us to be. We are acting out as somebody else rather than what God has called us to act like. We are being people that who God has not called us to be. So now as children of God, we do everything that the world is doing. But God said that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. Can I say that again? You are in this world, but this world must not consume you. It is the word of God. It is the kingdom of heaven that must consume you. Saul allowed pride to take over his life. That he began to act like somebody that God has not called him to. Am I speaking to somebody? And Bible said that to make matters worse, Bible said that he went to meet Samuel to bless him. To, he said to, to greet him. The word greet in there is barat, means to bless. So not only did he do something that he wasn't supposed to do, he went out to bless. And to bless means that he was trying to cover up what he did. He was trying to pretend that nothing has happened. He was trying to pretend that it was okay because he's a king and he can do whatever he wants. He was pretending as if that because, because you delayed, because you waited, because you didn't show up, it is my right as a king to defend my people. Bible said that he went to, he went to bless. May I submit to you, people of God, that one of the things that is hindering us as praises is when we are not able to confess. So don't go to God covering up your shame because God already knows your shame. Don't go to God covering up your mistake. God already knows your mistake. The reason why your praise is affected is you are covering things up. Go to God naked. And that will be the only time you'll be able to praise him genuinely. Am I speaking to you, somebody? You can truly, truly be a person that declares the praise of God if you are covering up things. He went to bless. He went to bless. His disobedience caused him to begin to look at himself. He didn't want to take, he didn't, he, he, he felt like if I cover it up, saw somewhere, somewhere, somehow, will let it slide. But not only did he do that, Bible said that he began to give excuses. He said, let me read the text again for you. He said, the Philistines will not come, he said, Samuel said, what you have done foolishly, you have not kept the commandment. When you go up a little bit, now he was giving a reason why he did the sacrifice. He said, the people were scattered. The people were scattered. The people had left him. The people were panicking. The people were afraid. They had scattered, so I had to do something. See, what you have to do cannot prevent the people from being scattered. 
It is only what God can do that will prevent the people from scattering. See, it's not what you think you're doing that is keeping your house safe. It is God that is keeping your house safe. Stop pretending. Stop, stop doing things that you have not been called to do. It is not your job. I mean, I submit to you, there are people that are making millions, but they're still bankrupt. So your $20, your $50 an hour cannot match. You are alive. You are feeding. You are well. You are healthy because God is keeping you. He said. Now, and then the funny part is, and then he began to blame Samuel. He said, you, you're supposed to show up seven days. But you didn't show up. And the people were scattered. See, now he wasn't taking the, he wasn't accepting that he was wrong. He was putting blame on people. May I submit to you, when you begin to blame people, when you begin to develop excuses for your mistakes, God will not show up in your life. The reason why you are still placed where you are in bitterness, the reason why you are still in a place of destitution is because you have been given excuses for too long. Accept that you are wrong. Accept that you are wrong. Saul began to give excuses. He began to blame everybody else but himself. He began to look around for everybody else to blame. But you listen, that sounds just like you and I. We always blame people for what they do, for our actions. May I submit to you, your reaction cannot be conditioned on somebody else's action because you're a child of God. Your action must always be conditioned on what God is saying. If you can keep your eyes on God, if you can keep your eyes fixated on God, you'll be able to declare his praise. Saul gave excuses. Your excuses does not negate the fact that you made a mistake. Can I say that again? You can give all the excuses that you want. It will not take away that you made a mistake. It will never take it away. What excuses will do that it will affect your praise and affect your testimony. Your excuses will affect your testimony. Watch. Saul's testimony was this. That he was supposed to be the Lord who his kingdom was supposed to over Israel was to be forever. That was his testimony. That was what his testimony was about. He was supposed to rule forever. He was supposed to be in charge forever. He was supposed to have dominion over things forever. His testimony was supposed to rule. But because he decided to disobey, Bible said, but now your kingdom shall not continue. Your blessing is being cut short because of the excuses that you're making. It's not that God is not listening to you. It's not that God is dead. It's not that God is not still working miracles. It's because you have been given excuses for so long. Why don't you show up on prayer meeting Friday? I have something to do. An excuse. Why don't you show up to church every Sunday? You know, I have bills to pay. And I need to go make that money. It's an excuse. It's an excuse. Excuses will affect your testimony. Your testimony is that you'll be the head and not the tail. Your testimony is that you'll be above and not below. Your testimony that you walk in the blessing that God has blessed you with. Your testimony that God has blessed you with all spiritual blessing. Your testimony that you will live to declare the goodness of God. Your testimony is that God has made everything provision-wise for you as long as you are with him. That is your testimony. But if you begin to give excuses... Watch this. Bible says that, 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 that 
Saul gave excuses. He didn't accept the mistake. Bible said that no weapon formed against you will prosper. That is your testimony. But if you are given an excuse, when they form, they will prosper. If I should ask every one of us, when we were supposed to fast at the beginning of the year, how many of us fast? We can come up with reasons why we didn't fast. All of us could come up with reasons why we did not fast. But can I tell you that? You have missed out on a blessing that God was taking you into because you refused to fast. Can I say that again? When God declares something, your job as a child of God is to obey his word. No excuses. Tell somebody no excuses. In 2021, no excuses. Because I don't want my testimony to be affected. But can I also submit to you about somebody that God want us to be like. A different kind of praiser. There's a different kind of praiser in the same text. Bible said, Bible described this praiser as a man after his own heart. Are you a man after God's own heart? Can God declare confidently that you are after his own heart? Are you after God's own heart? See, a man that is after God's own heart he honors God. In everything that he does, he honors God. In every way of his life, he honors God. When things are good and things are bad, he honors God. I was, I was fascinated that today we we're talking about happiness and joy. And we're, pre, we're, we're trying to figure out and we're trying to, pre, to, to, to pick and choose when we're going to be happy. But one that is a man after God's own heart doesn't pick and choose when he's happy. You leave the happiness. The good, the bad, when things don't look right, you are still happy. Because your happiness is not dependent on the things that you have. Your happiness is dependent because your life is secured on God. A man, after God's own heart, he honors. Do you honor God? Do you honor God? Do you, do you truly honor God? Do you know what honor simply means? Do you know what honor means? Honor means that you're giving reverence to the person that is above. Acknowledging that without him, you are nothing. Many of us, we don't honor God. We aren't, Bible said that they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away, far away. Listen, you can come here and praise and sing and dance and jump all you want. That is not true honor. Honor is when nobody else is watching you. The way you act out your life, that is true honor. When people can see and see in you that, man, this person has something different about him. And it's because you exude the love of God to people. That is honor. When things don't go well in your life, you lift up your voice and say, Father, I thank you that even in the midst of this, you are still God. That is honor. We don't complain when things go well. When things go bad, and then rejoice when things go well. Job said, should I now accept the good that comes from God? And now talk about, and now, now, and now curse God because things are not well. Anna doesn't look at circumstances. If you're going to declare the praise of God this year, you must learn to honor. The second thing about a man after God's own heart is, he fully trusts and fully depends on God. David. 
put God above everybody else. See, when Saul was confronted by the enemies, he decided to take matters into his own hands. But when David was confronted with the same situation, go with me to the book of Psalm chapter number 30. I want to show you something. Psalm chapter number 30, verses 1 to 6. Psalm chapter number 30, verse 1 to 6. If you had to say amen. Bible said, David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Now the Amalekite had raided Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burnt it. And had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. Watch this. David, in this context, had lost everything. Saul, in the other context, the enemy was just approaching. When David and his men reached Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Abionam and Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were, were talking of stoning him. Saul was worried about the people being dispersed, people being scattered. But these people were planning to kill David. But watch what the praiser does. Bible said that David was greatly destroyed because the people were, 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 were bitter in spite of their sons. But David found strength in this Lord. David found strength in the Lord his God. A true praiser does not rush into decisions. A true praiser does not act on his own. He depends on God. And a true praiser has a repentant heart. When Saul was confronted by, 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 by Samuel, why have you acted foolishly? He gave excuses. When David was approached by Nathan and said that you have caused, and you, have, you, have, you have taken somebody's wife and you have killed a person. Bible said that David cried and said, I have sinned against the Lord. If you can't repent, you can't praise. Can I say that again? If you can't repent, you can't praise. Your praise draws you nearer to God. And when God is nearer to you, he protects you. If you need the protection of God, lift up a praise. If you need the sovereignty of God, lift up a praise. When you, when you need the love and the joy of God, lift up a praise. When you're going through struggles and you don't know what to do, lift up a praise. When you're confused about situations, lift up a praise. When things are not going well in your life, lift up a praise. When you praise, he blesses you. And when you praise, he refreshes you and renews you. Lamentations 3.22 verse 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. When you praise God, he refreshes you. We need some refreshing this morning. We need some renewal this morning. I want you to stand up to your face and say, Father, thank you for the life you have given unto me. Just stand up somebody and begin to say, Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you in the name of Jesus.
Lift up a praise. Lift up a praise, somebody. Lift up a praise, somebody. Lift up a praise. Lift up a praise. Lift up a praise, somebody. Lift up a praise. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that your mercy is endured forever. Thank you, mighty God. In the name of Jesus, lift up a praise. There is a praise in your mouth. There is a praise in you that needs to come out. There is a praise. Don't ask God for anything. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. One prayer that I want us to pray. We all need to repent. Every one of us need to repent. Why do I say that? Because when the going gets tough, many of us will curse God. If, I wouldn't say many of us will. Many of us have cursed God. And we need to repent. Lift up your say, Father, I repent for not trusting in you. Father, I repent for not depending on you. Father, I repent for not having confidence in your timing. Father, I repent for not having confidence in you, O oh God. So, Father, forgive me. Father, forgive your church. Father, forgive your church. We are repenting today. Father, we repent today in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter number 8, verse 6 to 9. Therefore, you shall keep the commandment of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of wine, or barley of wines, and fig trees and pomegranate, a land of oil, olive oil and honey, a land which, is, which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills you can dig copper. This morning, that is the prayer that God wants to pray. God wants to release upon your life. That if you're going to praise him with your life, if you're going to let your life be filled with praise, you will enjoy the best in the land. Father, we thank you. We bless you, O God. We thank you for reminding us that our life has to be a life full of praise. We honor you this morning, O God. Help us, O God, to live in praise, to walk in praise, and to exude praise wherever we find ourselves. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give glory to Jesus. Say, I want to be that praiser. That souls after the Lord. Hallelujah. Before we receive our tithes and our offering, I want to say something. We serve a living God. 